Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I just want everyone to know that Melissa reminded me as the countdown was starting for this podcast that we are doing, but am I wrong? Mm-hmm. Not don't blame me. I could feel the energy. It felt like don't blame me energy. <laughs> <laughs> what is the different energies? Because don't blame me. We have camera for it. And so oh, yeah. we perform a little bit more for not perform, but we, you know. We try to remember. We try to remember and try to look awake for the camera. And you were getting into your I'm looking awake for the camera moment. And I was psyching myself up personally because I personally know that neither of us feel awake yep. despite being awake. Mm-hmm. So welcome to But Am I Wrong? My name's Megan. I'm joined by Melissa. What is up? We are not awake, but you are, and we are powering through, and you are listening to this episode Mm -hmm. where we are going to tell you, tell each other, and tell celebrities and people in pop culture who will never listen to this podcast that they are wrong. (laughs) A podcast with two people who have never been wrong in their lives telling other people when they are the villain of their own story. That's pretty much it. That is truly what this podcast is. And if you want to vote about the topics that we discuss on today's episode, who you think was wrong, head on over to our Instagram. These episodes come out on Thursday. It will be up before Monday. Last week, I didn't get it up until Saturday or Sunday. That's fine. But then even that thing happened where I only saw a few of them. But then when I clicked through, I saw people were voting on it. And I was like, I don't know what's happening. It was like that on my account and then on my Finsta account and then on our shared Finsta account. <laughs> AKA my Finsta. Yeah. So if you are, you should be following us on Instagram so you can see when we upload those. But if you only see a couple of them and they're not expired, like it's not been like, I mean, they all should probably expire at the exact same time because I upload them at the same time. Just head on over to the highlights because I put them in the highlight as soon as we do them. And for some reason, when you mass upload a bunch of them, sometimes it doesn't show you them all at once. So, yeah, before we read the results, what's new with you? I am exhausted. I haven't had a break since last, not the past Saturday, but the Saturday before last. And so I'm just tired. So this is either going to be punchy or boring. I'm going to try to keep it punchy, but here I am. (laughs) I'm going to try and keep it punchy. No, you haven't had a break since like 2009. Yeah, that's true. But as far I was getting like weekend breaks, but. Yeah. Oh, let me tell you about this book I directed this week. (gasps) And you're going to love this. The woman was a music editor for a lot of magazines, but she has great stories about Whitney Houston. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. She has stories about Dionne Warwick as well. (gasps) And Janet Jackson and... Mariah Carey. She also talks about meeting Destiny's Child before they were actually Destiny's Child. Holy sh- That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I wonder who she wrote for. She was the editor-in-chief of Vibe for like wow. twice. And she was the first Black editor. And I was like, you're the first Black editor of a Black magazine. Cool. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> because like music writers are like notoriously white, yep. older white men. Mm-hmm. And so like that's such a... Like, yeah. I'm sure she got, like, had to work her fucking ass she did. off. She like, did. fuck. Yeah. Wow. But I bet she has the best, the best fucking interviews because it's not people talking to these old mm-hmm. white men who, like, don't get it. it. It's having someone in your corner and, like, mm-hmm. who's rooting for you and, like, knows the history of it, who you don't have to, like, dumb down yeah. everything that you're saying mm-hmm. to, like, make it palatable for these and understandable for these white guys who, like, want you to fail yeah. and, like, catch you in those... And I mean, it's a whole, my, one of my dad's best friends, he used to work for a music reviewer. He used to do for Rolling Stone. And he used to say that like, they, it was like the most cutthroat, like 
nobody like wants you to six like the only people that artists are kind of afraid of are the reporters because like they will tear you to shreds and like know how to make you hurt and so I'm like god wow that's so cool I'm excited when does it come out so it's called shine bright and it comes out April 19th I'm very excited what about you um you know just slowly but surely losing all hope buying a house (laughs) so we missed out on another one that we really thought we were gonna get and it sucks but I had a revelation what's that and are you proud of me I didn't say revelation Yes, I am. I'm learning how to pronounce words. (laughs) So I realized that every single week and like, because we're basically making offers almost every week. Every single week, our offers get more and more. Our personal ones get more and more competitive. And I realized who we've been up against is us a couple weeks in the future. And so I'm like, okay, we're getting closer. I think there's like this misconception that people are the first home they offer on. They're removing all contingencies. They're doing like X amount over asking. Like they're really like throwing out all of the stops. And so like the first offer you miss out on when someone does that, you're like, how is that fair? They did that and it's not their first offer. Like Mm -hmm. that's why. Like we're getting to a level of desperation, which is the desperation that gets the house. (laughs) And like we've been up against that and we thought we were desperate. Nah, the desperation is building and it's building and it's building. And we found out on Sunday that we didn't get it. And we didn't go, we've like started to try and switch our looking at houses day to Sunday. Mm -hmm. Because if we go on Saturday, we kind of feel obligated to then go to like ones we missed on Sunday. And then it's our whole weekend. Yeah. (laughs) We're just, we hate it. So we literally got, we found out we didn't get the house. We got in the car. We like put on, I put on like the, this is the chain smokers and then 2011 EDM party tracks. And Mats and I were just like, windows all rolled down, just like, ns, 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 <laughs> like Pitbull, T Pain, which he hates both of those artists, which I'm like, I'm sorry, a disgrace to the era in which you grew up. He, like, you don't even like BOB. Like, it's very messed up. And so we did that and toured all these houses. And that part was kind of illuminating to me that I realized that the offers that we are making now and that we'll make in the future are offers we would have lost to at the start. And I'm like, okay, okay. I'm You're getting closer. Getting closer, starting to feel better about it. And I have a couple of friends who've bought houses in LA within the last, like, 18 months or something. Okay. And so they've been very helpful because I was talking about the house we missed on, missed out on had lead paint, asbestos, and um, sewage problems. <laughs> and one of my friends, she was like, here's what you have to know. Ours had all of these things. These are disclosures. Like if you're getting a house that was built before a certain year, like it's going to have all of those things. Here's how you do it. This is the name of the person that we use to like fix this, this, and this. This is how much it cost us. And I just like shout out to everybody who's transparent in the home buying process for that aspect of it that like that's so fucking helpful mm-hmm. and like Arden reached out and was like let's talk about like I'll, I'll talk to you all about like ins- removing inspections and like how we felt comfortable doing all of this and like I hate capitalism but I feel like we've gotten to this point of capitalism that like it's breeding you know when like you're like hostages and you band together and like it, it feels like that it feels mm-hmm. like the hunger games and like people are actually looking out for each other and I'm like this is this is nice. This is a nice way to survive this hellscape. <sighs> but soon, soon we will get a house. I hope. You will. And every time we feel desperate, we like look at another, like we are like, I'll take any house. And we looked at this one house <laughs> and Mox just looked at me because I was the one who suggested it. Because I'm like, if it needs a lot of work, we want a house that needs some work. We don't want a new build. And we also don't want something that's like totally, that's like renovated because I hate most renovations that people do. And so I was like, but the more, it's less competitive when it needs like more work. And Mm -hmm. we like walked into this one and he just looked at me being like, you fucking ass, why did you make me come here? (laughs) This place is disgusting. And I got bad vibes. I got like, I don't want to say like reform school, but like boarding school for like kids who act out haunted vibes. Like that's the vibes that I got that like, it was like a place that people sent their kids away who like were quote unquote bad and then like bad things happened there that was the vibe I think I'm a little bit psychic too so because the last time I felt that vibe where I felt like a spooky ooky vibe I was like I hate this place we have to leave like I just have a very weird feeling it felt like I looked it up it felt haunted I looked it up it was 
the uh, the the location of a very 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 large brutal genocide of indigenous people. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I hope you haunt this. I hope you haunt. You've looked at another one before that was like that too. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I'm a little bit psychic. Okay. <sighs> okay. Well, should we uh, read the results of last week? Let's do it. Okay. So, who is wrong for episode 19? Me versus romanticizing Jess from Gilmore Girls. 7% said I was wrong and 93% said I was not wrong. And I just want to say I loved all the messages I got from people who are like, I am a Je I was a Jess stan or I had never been a Jess stan. And I completely blocked out that scene that you mentioned of like him and Rory in Kyle's bedroom and makes me like reflect back onto like other things that I blocked out from like television shows in order to like maintain a positive image of a relationship or a guy and like yeah that can carry over to real life so mm -hmm. also did you know that he dated like Hayden Panettiere when she was like 18 or something I don't know who, who this man is so <laughs> I'm sorry no, no repeat say say it how you're supposed to say. I'm sorry to this I'm man. sorry to this man I don't know who this man is. I could see this man. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, I could be walking down the street <laughs> and I would know a thing. Sorry to this man. Okay, then Melissa versus the news being a luxury. Who's wrong? 2% said I was wrong. 98% said that I was not wrong. Do you like the picture I picked? I did. So then we have writer number one versus not cuddling with Coco. 38% uh, said the writer was wrong and 62% said Coco was wrong. So we had the writer wrote in and basically said that Coco admitted later that she had feelings for the writer. And then also, trigger warning, Coco is still friends with someone that sexually assaulted another one of their friends. And so they're, the writer and Coco are no longer friends. Valid. And the um, cuddling dynamic that would have happened, it, writer's boyfriend in the middle Ryder one side, Coco one side, but Coco just like got up and like left. And the 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 who they when they DM they were like, I'm literally cringing writing this and describing how this was <laughs> made me laugh. Writer number two versus Madeline and Natalie not cleaning after the writer cooked dinner. Four percent said the writer was wrong. Ninety six percent said Madeline and Nat Natalie were wrong. Why do I keep wanting to say Natalie? <laughs> Madeline and Natalie. Natalie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, I get it. So many people like messaged and said that like when you host people, they are guests and like you can't expect guests to do anything like that. But like th there's still an offer offering, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like there's like a, a, a decorum to that where yes. you don't just feel like a like you're being used it's rude it's bad manners yeah like that's bad manners it might also be a cultural thing so i don't know if the people that wrote in where they live oh that's but true in the united states how i was brought up it's bad manners yeah to not offer to help like you mm -hmm. don't have to accept that at all but like to not even offer and just to drop your plates off like that's that's really rude mm -hmm. okay then we have writer number three, living with long COVID versus optimistic boyfriend. 7% said their writer was wrong. And then 93% said their boyfriend. And that 7%, I have fucking questions. That I hate that. That's just that they're just trying to help. I know that it hurts. And I know you said you didn't want help. And I know you said this actively does the exact opposite of helping. But I don't care. I want to help you, not for you, because this is what makes me feel good. Ugh. Ugh. That means they're the people that do this. Yeah. When you ignore like people's wishes about this and you're like, well, I'm just trying to like, you're not trying to help because if you were, you would just shut up and listen. Mm -hmm. Writer number four, who is Layla, who posted heart launching my single era versus Vanessa, her ex, who's wrong. 82% said Layla, 18% said Vanessa. Not much to explain there. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> so people were like I don't think either of them are wrong but I love the drama it's funny to me it is but if it happened to me less funny livid absolutely <laughs> livid so then my wrong of the week was Los Angeles 97% uh, agreed with me and said LA is wrong and then 3% said LA is not wrong and again I have questions what do you mean what 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 mm -hmm. explain yourself 
I like to know when people like you vote in a way that like is, I think, a very unpopular and somewhat controversial opinion. Like send us a DM, say why, explain your reasoning. Would love to know. All right. And then wrong of the week. Hashtag Loomlands. 6% said Chelsea's wrong. 3% said Lance is wrong. 91% said both of them. So I thought this was a really great one to have our first three Mm -hmm. option poll. And I was not disappointed by the results. Yep. Well, again, if you want to vote for this episode, we always recommend to take notes while you are listening. So when you vote, you watch all of the stories before you actually vote in the polls. But you can have some a grasp on your opinions because someone asked if we could have timestamps for each slide for every call. We can't. Like, it already is a lot. Did you see my response, though? No. We phys- we can't because ads, because when ads are running, they're location-based anyway. So the episode may be longer or shorter depending where you are. So the timestamps would be off as it is. So, Yeah. And you can just know that, like, that's why we label them, like, the first, second. Like, we have a format of mm-hmm. it. So you can estimate that, like, okay, you can scroll through. And I do that all the time if I am, like, trying to have a more accurate description or if I'm trying to figure out what I should make for, like, the graphics to promote it. Like, you can really skim ahead and then see where we're at. But, yeah, we can't. We can't do that. Um, okay. So I went first last time. So I think so. You take it away with our first segment, But Am I Wrong, where Melissa will pitch me a current situation or a hot take, and I will let you know, and then we'll vote. Okay. So mine is current situation. It's not quite a, but am I wrong, but it's more of a, would I be wrong? So <laughs> I love how I <laughs> Yeah. So, um, I mean, I've already shared, this seems to be a theme, and I'm going to come at it from another standpoint. So we've... We talk about real estate a lot here. (laughs) And mine is more of, I live in a house that I rent. And this weekend, this has been happening a lot, but this weekend I had three real estate, three different real estate agents come to my home and offer to buy the house. Like they're trying to sell houses or whatever. I I know they're not specifically offering to buy, but I know that's what they're doing. They want to buy it so then they can sell it. I haven't been answering the door. I have a ring and I also have a sign out that says no solicitations. I don't know what else I can do at this point because they'll come, they'll ring, and then I won't answer. I'm always at home because I don't leave. (laughs) Um, And then I don't answer. Then they'll wait for a few minutes and then ring again and then wait a few more minutes then ring. They always come in packs of two. And I sent Megan a video of the one, the last one that came. I actually cut that down a lot. So that is the edited version that I sent you. Oh, my so God. They'll come and then they'll leave and they'll be like, they'll talk into my ring and be like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. I live down the street. I know they don't. I huh. live down the street. And um, one of our neighbors just sold a house for this amount of money. And I wanted to see if you were interested in, sell- in selling. Can you please give me a call back? So I feel like this is unethical because first, my neighborhood, it used to be majority black and brown people that lived here before I lived here. Now, I'd say it's probably like half white, half black and brown. Most of the people I see walking around are white. And so it's like getting gentrified. It's one of the fastest gentrifying places in Los Mm -hmm. Angeles right now. And so I feel like these... Real estate agents are being one unethical. They're also contributing to, but they're being unethical by coming to doors and asking people to sell. If somebody wants to sell their house and they'll reach out to, to a real estate agent mm-hmm. Two, they're disregarding that I say on my door, no solicitations. It's right by my doorbell. There's no way you can't see it. And then three, they're contributing to gentrification. So would I be wrong if I reported these people to the Realtor Ethics Board. Of course not. <laughs> this is my wet dream. I was going to say you should also add a sign that says, fuck off. I am not selling this house. You gentrifying cunts. Hmm. Like it infuriates me to no fucking end. No fucking end. And you want to hear what's absolutely fucking crazy? Someone DM'd me. Let me see if I took a screenshot. If not, I'll have to do it from memory. 
So they're in a different, they're in New Zealand. And they said, the market in New Zealand at the moment is so is such that we get random handwritten poorly Xerox letters with a sob story saying that they want to buy our house for their family. With a quick Google search of the name, number, or email, I always find out they're a realtor. Like, it is so absolutely fucked. And like, I hope, I really, really fucking hope I don't have a lot of faith with that because I think that like, the housing market and like all of this shit reminds me kind of of like fraternity hazing Mm -hmm. that like people go through absolute fucking hell. They know how horrible it is. They suffer the brunt of it. And then they own a house and then they buy another house and then they do investment and they do all of that stuff. They become the people who they like the oppressed becomes the oppressor, but like Mm -hmm. there's a privilege in order to be able to even achieve that level. Like there is an entry fee to get to that level. And so therefore there's like not a lot of change happening. But I'm like, part of me fucking hopes that like this has gotten so astronomically bad that it has people who are incredibly pro, very unregulated capitalism to be like, hmm, shit, (laughs) this is this is actually really hard. Like this is not serving us well. And I really hope it makes some changes, but I don't have a lot of faith. Like, I think that like we've been over this, but like I don't even think realtors should be able to buy I don't think so either. Like they should be able to buy like a home for themselves and maybe a vacation home somewhere else. And it has to be a certain amount of miles away Mm -hmm. and they cannot rent it out for profit. And if they do rent it out for profit, it has to be at like not market value, but for like what it's literally fucking worth. Mm -hmm. It's people have this thought process that it's like, if you can't beat them, join them. And it's like, well, if, if you have the opportunity to become the thing that you hate, might as well do it. Like, might as well, like everyone's doing it. So why don't you kind of thing? And I just think that's like so royally fucked. But I don't think you're wrong at all. I think there needs to be much more regulation on realtors. And like, that should be, if it's not already, should be illegal. Yeah. Also, they didn't have unmasked. None of them. Yeah. None of the three groups of people. No, no one in... So six people total, nobody had on a mask. You know, I hope they come the next time we record at your place and I can yell at them through the fucking ring. Great. I will tear them to shreds. Oh, I hate them. So you're not wrong at fucking all. Thank you. At fucking all. (sighs) So my but am I wrong is a hot take that I feel like separating either entertainment from the artist slash like what can you consume as entertainment versus like that is problematic versus and like at what point is that contributing and like enabling problematic behavior as like watching it as a spectator but then also as an audience member of somebody like it is your responsibility and due diligence to do research into the people that you are following because it represents your beliefs whether you like it or not like Mm -hmm. Being ignorant and just being like, oh, I never looked into it. Like st- like being like a Jeffree Star fan and then being like, oh, I just don't look into the, I don't look into that kind of drama. Like that's like the first time you found out, like I had no idea who Jeffree Star was. Didn't really know anything about him. And we did like a video on Clever and like a bunch of people reached out. They're like, this feels like something like you were like so against. And I just didn't, my bad. I just didn't know much about him. And I was like, you're right. Like, fuck this. Not about this my bad for doing this video where we like tried some of like his makeup. Like I should have done my due diligence. And then I never ever spoke about (laughs) him ever again. Mm -hmm. But this kind of thing that like people think that you can just follow someone and passively quote unquote support their content while just being a viewer, which inherently puts money in their accounts and, and supports them in that way. Like I love a good hate follow, If you're going to hate follow someone, do it on a private account. And if you're going to hate follow someone, it can't be an account that's like, you can't hate follow fucking like Ben Shapiro. Like you can't hate follow like, I was going to say Lindsey Graham. I was like, does Lindsey Graham have social media? (laughs) (laughs) The Crypt Keeper. But like there is a difference between like someone who you think is annoying or you don't really like and whatever. But like... (sighs) So HRH is someone who I have known who they are on YouTube for a really long time. 
And that is because one of my best friends, Kyle, and I, we, I don't even know how we discovered her, but it was like old school. And she had these videos of her like drinking water and like ranking different waters. And we were like, this is wild. Like, whoa. And she has just become like kind of like a very popular uh, audio used on TikTok and has like this new standhood of people who are like obsessed with her as if she's a character and not a real person. And so like she's gone on like pro swastika rants. She's an anti-masker. She's like super fucking racist. But people just take all of this as a character as if like trolling, which she's not trolling, but as if trolling has no social responsibilities as well. And like, if you are going to actually say and do all of these horrible things, like if it's satire, you have to make it satirical. Like if you're trolling, it has to be for, I don't want to say trolling for a cause, but like you can troll without being problematic. Like those people Mm -hmm. who like mix pasta with their hands and do all that weird shit. I'm like, That's some type of fetish. Yeah, no one's getting hurt here, but like you are trolling and like appealing to a certain demographic. Mm -hmm. But so she went on this podcast and it's a Turning Point USA podcast, which has literally been, I wrote it down in my notes as the girl bossification of Turning Point USA, (laughs) which is like a Prager U, a alt-right, like very, very, very conservative outlet. And she went on there and is like doing all of these interviews and all this stuff. And I see people I know who are like really progressive, who think that she's so funny and like will follow or be like, oh my gosh, like go off girl, like love this, like go queen, like about this, like what an icon and separate her from her like incredibly problematic views. She's also so fat phobic and like just screaming about like, just, she's just, think of anything, any stance she could have. She has the wrong one like constantly has the wrong one and that we're viewing this as entertainment as opposed to characters. And like, I personally, am I wrong for seeing people who endorse and embrace her behavior as embracing all of her behavior, like embracing all of it, not separating that? Because I think if you're not going to separate the art from the artist, I'm not going to do that either. Like, I'm not going to separate it for, for, for you. Mm, fair point. It makes me mad because there's so many people who are not problematic, who you can like and enjoy. Mm-hmm. And it just also, it, it gives positive reinforcement to that. She scares me. <laughs> I need to look more into her. I remember the first like big controversy was that she, de- she like declared that she wanted to be Asian. And what she equated with being Asian was like dyeing her dog pink. And like, you know, doing her makeup differently. And it was just like very, like just very, 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 very odd. I mean, not odd, like problematic and like fucked up kind of stuff. But like, it's been a lot. Dare I say, hot take. I kind of think that she's more problematic than Trisha. Oh, that's real bad then. Because I'm not familiar with HRH. I am familiar with Trisha. I don't know if I could find two more, like two two people. Like that's a a high bar. There's something about HRH's eyes. It scares me on a on a different level. Okay. Oh, okay. Should we get into the submissions mm-hmm. for? But are you wrong? So if you want to submit for an upcoming episode. Send us 300 words to buttamywrongpod at gmail.com. We ask that you include the ages, pronouns, all the helpful information, and word count. (laughs) Check. Make sure. I feel like what we have on this sheet, which I'm sure has been ruled out with like a lot of the very, very long ones, it's been a little bit better. But here's the thing. I will also, we give you, we grant you permission if you are short, if you are coming close on words, you don't have to tell us that you love the podcast. Yeah. You don't have to say hi, Megan and Melissa. You don't have to like just get right into it. You can totally get right into it. You don't that doesn't have to eat it up. There's yeah. no Melanie's become more strict. I told her that if it's over 300, don't even put it on. Send them a message. If they don't respond back, that's on them. Yeah, you don't you're talking to two people who don't need email etiquette. So like Mm-mm. you can literally just send <laughs> this is what happened. You know? Yep. All right. 
Hi, Megan and Melissa. I love your pod. They get me through and have taught me so much about myself. I could write a million things, but I'll write this about something that keeps popping back in my head and has for almost 10 years. I met my husband in high school. We've always had a great relationship, but I came into our relationship with trauma from an abusive relationship. So getting together so young before I'd heal had its struggles with trust. We've been together for 10 years and have two kids. But when we were in our first year together, I went to visit him at work. And when he pulled out his phone, it was way scrolled down on a pretty friend of mine's Instagram. Instagram was pretty new at the time. And he is very honest. And he has said to this day that he looked through everyone's Instagram page that he has friends with on there, guys and girls. And all of my friends followed him. It was a friend we didn't go to school with. Also, we met outside of school in our senior year. Am I wrong for even spending any time worrying about this, especially 10 years later? It sounds like the silliest question, but my anxiety is fierce. And when it pops into my head, I get insecure all over again. Am I trying to find red flags because I can't find any else? I'm guessing anything else. I'm not one to say feelings are wrong, (laughs) but... I think you're spot on with the end of it. Yeah. You're looking for something. Unless you have like a feeling that something else is going on and this is the thing that has triggered it. But like it's been 10 years. Why are you still focused on that? Yeah. And and it doesn't sound like you think that he cheated on you with mm-hmm. her or like any. It, it, it just seems like it, this is purely based off of you wondering that if like all these 10 years he's been pining after this like this person that you're not friend on instagram and that's just like not realistic like i think that like we can see like really romantic movies and like think of the flips we're like oh my god they've been pining at this blah 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 that's not real life it's not real life and like you don't have to worry that like there's the one that got away and like it's this like big thing like you have a family, you've done all of this. That is your insecurity. And also I will say that like people say like time heals all wounds. Time without any work does not feel mm-hmm. trauma. It just pushes it in a box and another box and then puts it in another box and another box and another box. And like, if you're still dealing with this this many years later, I think that's something that like, oh, okay, I have to unpack this. Mm-hmm. You got to talk to them about it. You got to find out why this is still bothering you. Also, back then, Instagram, there was like, there were people on it, but like everyone wasn't on it. So you're just following everyone. And so just because he was looking at someone's profile doesn't mean anything, especially when you're just bored and scrolling. Yeah, you got it. You got to address this kind of stuff, because if time healed everything and it was like, oh, well, my I'm no longer in an abusive relationship and I've been in this relationship far longer than the abusive one. My therapist had told me something that was like very much a punch to the gut that was really helpful one time. And she was like, if you could have fixed this, you would have already. Mm-hmm. Like if you could have done this on your own, like if you could have just figured this out, you would have. If you haven't done it by now, you're not going to do it ever. And like it's not something that you are capable of doing on your own. And like that's fine. Like you've done a lot of that shit through your life. There's things through our life that we've all done and gotten through and gotten over and like overcome alone. And we know how to do that. And if you could, you would have. Yeah. Part of you is not fucking over the other part of you and like withholding these like nuggets of genius information that people go to school for and study Mm -hmm. in psychology that you don't innately know. Yeah. So, you know, yes, wrong, but in a loving way. (laughs) Yeah. You're wrong. Sorry. That was the best way. You're wrong. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, next up, I am 24, she, her, and having problems with my childhood best friend, Sam, 24, she, her. We've been friends for 15 plus years, and I see her as family. We are complete opposites, went to different colleges hours away, and have totally different career paths, but we meet up when we're in our hometown to catch up. Sam has been going through a complicated breakup that's had her restructure her life and trying to become more, quote unquote, intentional. She suddenly decided that she doesn't know my fiance well enough. And as she is my maid of honor in three months, she's trying to play catch up to force a relationship with him. I've been with my partner, Tyler, 25, he, him, for six years. And we've been long distance while I'm in grad school for the last three years. We only see each other for a weekend every two to three weeks because of his work schedule, which is really hard. 
Sam lives two hours away and has been putting me on the spot, asking me to plan time for her to hang out with Tyler. I've been putting it off as I'm busy, pl- busy planning a wedding and finishing my doctorate, and we live so far apart. Yesterday, Sam asked point blank if Tyler is coming next weekend, then asked if she could come too. After hesitantly saying yes in the moment, I texted her explaining that it would be uncomfortable to host someone while he visits and we need alone time. She was understanding about it, but I still feel like she's trying to, quote unquote, approve of him before my wedding, and it feels a little obsessive. She doesn't have to be friends with him, and she hasn't put this much effort in during six years of us dating. Am I wrong for gatekeeping my fiance? Thank you so much. Not wrong. This is weird. <laughs> That's it's so weird. I feel like as much as like she's trying to be more intentional with her own life, what she's actually doing is redirecting all of her self-work onto you. Mm-hmm. And like instead of obsessing over her own life, instead of like fixing her own life, she's just projecting and like like be obsessing over yours. This is weird. How does Tyler feel? <laughs> Probably weirded out too. Like, why? Why does she want to be around him that much and hasn't cared that much in the last six years? Why now? Because you guys are getting married? Yeah, it's weird. Also, like, I understand you're saying she went through a rough breakup or whatever. And that to me is abundantly clear because she feels like she needs to approve of your fiance, which when you're adult in adult relationships, you don't seek and need approval from other people do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I hate that like to me that's yeah. so childish like I don't give a shit and have never asked if any of my friends approve of thoughts like I don't I truly don't care because like it has nothing to do with anyone else and like when I was younger meeting like friends boyfriends whatever like I definitely felt like a protective kind of nature but the older I get I love my friends I think they made great choices and yeah. like It's not my fucking problem. Unless it's just like a super toxic relationship that you feel like you need to say something. But she actually seems to like him. Why does she need to hang out with him this much? She's going to start FaceTiming him. I was I was waiting for her to like reach out to him to hang out solo. Mm -hmm. And he's like, that's what I thought the last part was going to be was her saying that she wanted to hang out with him. Like, are you in love with him? What is wrong? It's so because there's a difference between being like, hey, I see red flags in your relationship versus Mm -hmm. like I need to approve of your relationship. If I don't see red flags, like if I don't know, if I don't see stop signs, red flags, I'm like, you know, depends on what it is, but like not my responsibility and also not going to push you away by like letting you know every time I see a red flag will help you guide you there. But like unless I see stop signs, like it's a green light. Go ahead. Have fun. You don't need my approval. You're a fucking adult. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's giving obsessive. I could see J-Lo starring in this movie. I was just about to say that. <laughs> I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She shows up wearing a wedding dress to your wedding. Mm-hmm. We're getting married today. I approve. Hot take. I don't think anyone should have bachelorettes. Like, I don't think you need to have a wedding. Like, from everything I've seen from both of our podcasts, only drama. <laughs> Too dramatic. Too dramatic. I think there can be fun, but... Bachelorette parties, for sure. But, like, having, like, these are my... This is my girl squad. Oh, you mean, like, bridesmaids? That's the word. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I forgot they were a different word. Mm -hmm. Bridesmaids seem like all drama. Honestly, I haven't been in a wedding where there wasn't one. That's what I mean. You know what? You might be right. Statistically, I think it's a losing game. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. There, it's more harm than potential positives to mm-hmm. it. Like, truly, if you want to have a bachelorette, like, have a bachelorette party, invite your friends, but, like, don't have, like, obligate, like, force your friends to have obligations because you've decided to get married. And then you have, like, you have to, like, have, like, your fiancé or your wife, your your partner's, like, cousin or, like, sibling. Mm-hmm. Like, we've seen the hangover. Like, there's always a weird dynamic. And it's just, like, nobody's having... <laughs> like just don't do it Hmm. something to marinate on yeah so you're not wrong she's she's weird all right let's take a break even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Today's episode is brought to you by a sponsor we love, 310 Nutrition. 310 Nutrition is helping us, you, our listeners, in the new year with protein and superfood rich products with so many options and flavors for your personal preferences. They're adding new products all of the time and I just got my, I mean, I didn't just get my package. I just got a, a, a secondary of my package and I, as someone who needs electrolytes to function, there it's like elixir from the gods. I cannot sing their praises enough specifically the cucumber flavor of this electrolyte mix is delicious. Like it's, it's so good. I've even like had it on like ice and been like, I'm drinking like a drink drink. Like you can throw a little straw in there and it's, it's delicious. It's so good. And I just, I love, they're filled with so many great ingredients that really help if you're like me and you like, you know, medically need some electrolytes, but also if you're working out, if you're sweating hot summer day, you're going to an amusement park, you're on your feet for a long period of time, all of that. Um, most of us are not getting the electrolytes we need. Yeah, I drink mine specifically when I am working out. It's my beverage while I'm working out. I just take one stick of the hydrate, mix it in with my bottle of water. 16 ounces of water can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water if you got that hydrate in there. They also have the all-in-one shakes, which I absolutely love. I'm running low, so I got to get some more. But um, I love the chocolate bliss the vanilla cream the caramel sundae i have all three of those flavors sometimes i mix and match them sometimes i'll use it when i'm baking or i'll just drink it straight and it is they're so good they have a triplex protein blend plant-based proteins that include pea brown rice and pumpkin that makes it so delicious you can get fiber and superfood blends with more than 25 organic fibers and superfoods blended into one easy, delicious shake. And they also have three tins, four shake flavor starter kit, which lets you sample all the flavors for only $9. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with Don't Blame Me and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and super easy to put together an order, or you can start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code blame me right now for 50% off up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code blame me. In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love. This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a, a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available and I, I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited uh, for someone who like, <laughs> you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which that's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that book of the month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get. Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors. One of the amazing things about Book of the Month is that every aspect of Book of the Month experience is designed to be fun and special for readers. First of all, the books come in a bright blue box, which is very pretty. Me and Megan were just talking about them. There's also a fun app to pick your books and track reading progress and as well there are reading challenges and rewards and book of the month makes it really easy to decide what book to read next which for me is like the biggest hurdle i love when other people make choices for me especially when they're good choices and i'm like cool i can trust you so each month the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and they pick some of the best new books for you to choose from all of the books are so good you can't go wrong and i mean that wholeheartedly when we were picking like our selects for this i was like 
this, I like all of them. This is hard. And I literally coordinated with Melissa and I was like, okay, so these are like my top ones. I'm assuming they will be yours. So don't pick the same one as me. So then we can swap afterwards. And that's what we did. So we got the ministry of time by Killian Bradley. And we also received the return of Ellie Black by Emiko Jean. The Ministry of Time is like people are calling it like if you're a fan of Outlander and like spy novels or time traveling books, it's quoted from Town and Country saying it's really innovative, fun storytelling. The Ministry of Time is definitely for you and listed as 45 of the must read books for spring 2024. And then Harper's Bazaar also said part time travel romance, part spy thriller and 100% multifaceted joyride. <gasps> When I tell you that, I was like, sold. We're also excited about the return of Ellie Black. And this one is about a missing girl who returns. But that isn't the end of the story. It's only the beginning. We both like a, a, a detective book. This one is uh, 20 years since Detective Chelsea Calhoun's sister vanishes. Ever since, Chelsea has been searching for signs for closure for other missing girls. But happy endings are rare in Chelsea's line of work which that sounds so intriguing and I'm looking forward to reading this novel so much. Can't wait and we're so excited to usher in this new sponsor and we know y'all are already going to love this. Plus we've been recommended this so many times. Mm -hmm. So I, I we we've already got fans in you. Try the service yourself at bookofthemonth.com and you can get your first book for $5 with code PEDALS. That is your first book $5 at bookofthemonth.com using code PEDALS. we're back your turn all people in this story are 23 to 24 she her two weeks ago me and my friend Alyssa bought tickets to see our favorite artist in another country it was an impulse decision while we were hanging out we talked about inviting our other friend Matilda but since we knew she is going to another concert in another country the week before the concert we are students and we were unsure of how fast the tickets were selling we landed on just buying tickets for us to instead telling our friend in the group chat we bought tickets and telling them to please join if they wanted could Matilda got really upset we didn't ask her directly or call her to ask if we should buy tickets for her too. I see her perspective and invite is nice, even if all parties know they can't come. I believe I was wrong here. I apologize for being inconsiderate and thinking for her instead of inviting her and letting her make her own decisions. We talked it out and she said we were good, but she has been really short with me for almost two weeks, excluding me from hangouts, always busy, etc. It's okay if she needs time, but I have a principle that if you don't say there's a problem, I'm not going to act like there's a problem. And if you say we're good, then I'm going to take your word for it. I hate playing games and coach trying to figure out trying to figure people out. I expect direct communication in my relationships. Am I wrong for acting like everything's fine? Should I initiate another conversation about it or just give her space and time? I think you were wrong for excluding her because you made a lot of guesses on her part, which you said you did. And it seems like you knew she was going to be upset. So I think there's a reason why you didn't tell her. And you had time. It feels like you had time to shoot a quick text and say, hey, we're buying tickets for this, blah, blah, blah. But the fact that she's still holding a grudge um, when she said everything's okay, then that is on her. Because if I'm mad at somebody, I'll be like, okay, I hear your apology, but I'm not really ready to accept it at this time. But that's something that I had to learn in time too. So I think you're both wrong, but for different, for different things. Yeah, I agree. I think like the origin of how you got here, that's on you and it could have been avoided. But I am exactly like you in like the the end part of it like if if someone's upset with me and like I or I apologize to someone and they say that like okay we're all good like it's whatever like I take things at face value like if we have a conversation about it like it's not my responsibility to kind of like badger out an honest answer out of someone like whatever you're comfortable but whatever level of honesty you are comfortable giving me like I will take that but I'm not going to assume that you are being like disingenuous or I'm supposed to read between the lines or something. Like, I'm just not that kind of person. So I very much align with that, that like, 
if you say everything's good, then everything's good. But like, I think that if you want to talk to her again and just be like, okay, so clearly things aren't good. So like, what's up? Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think you need to like go at it with a second apology by any means, because I don't think that like, if the apology you initially gave was unsatisfactory to her, similar to you, like I would, I, I'm not one to be like, all is forgiven. Like I accept your apology. Like, don't worry about it. We're good. Like, I will be like, okay, thank you for apologizing. Like, I, I appreciate you apologizing, but I'm not going to say like, I forgive you. Like, we're all good. Don't worry about it. So I think if you want to be like, okay, so what's up? Because if she's trying to get us, if she's trying to get you to say something specific or really ask for that, you have to ask for what you want in that situation if you are not getting it. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're wrong in that instance. Why are so many, so many concerts? I feel like the last, ep- like the last couple episodes, we've all had like concert related things. Yeah, I agree. Okay. Hey, ladies. Also, I just need you to know, if anyone says that, there's only one way to say that. Hey, ladies. Hey, ladies. <laughs> Am I overreacting in this situation? All three people talked about in this are 23 and use she, her pronouns, including myself. I went to dinner last night with my girlfriend for my birthday. We'll call her Shannon. And we went to the movies after as well. We Ubered because we'd been drinking, but I brought my keys with me as my wallet was attached to them. Just to preface, the restaurant required proof of vaccination and we were mastering the movie when we weren't snacking. The movie got at 11.45 p.m., so the theater closed right after we left. When we got home, I realized my keys were missing. One of my roommates is in another country, and one was at work, but the other was at her boyfriend's house 20 minutes away, and we'll call that one Lexi. I know you don't recommend living with friends, but she was my college roommate. I called her asking if she could come let me in, but her boyfriend picked her up so he would have to drive, not her. I offered him gas money, but he said no. And Lexi's response was, oh, we'll just call the police to help instead. What? I, ha- I had to call them and the fire department had to come and break into my bedroom window. Lexi never checked in after to make sure I got into the apartment. Am I wrong for being extremely hurt and upset at both Lexi and her boyfriend for not helping me and not checking in? (laughs) You're not wrong at all. That's fucked. If you've read my book, I don't have a similar situation, but I had, you know, a lost key roommate bad situation. And it's it's a it's a traumatizing event. Yeah, this is fucked up. (laughs) It's really fucked up. That's like, they hate you. Mm-hmm. This is like a really fucked up thing to do that I'd be like, oh, you fucking hate me. And now I fucking hate you. Like, this isn't just a, oh, little, this is a, an act. Yeah, you don't, they only live 20 minutes away and then didn't, that's just hateful. That's just really, and said, call the police. Also, you're gonna have to pay for that window. Yeah. Also, it was for her birthday. Mm-hmm. You need new friends. Yeah. Like, that's super, super, super fun. Like, that's, like, so... It's cruel. Like, that's mm-hmm. cruel. That's intentionally cruel. Wow. You're so not wrong. No, you're not wrong. I would be so mad. Well, <laughs> I mean, that one's pretty straightforward. That's true. That is true. Now it is time for But Are They Wrong? slash Rachel of the Week, where we will nominate a person, a current event, things happening in the zeitgeist and decide who we think is the the worst the worst the woat so here's mine i'm sure you've seen this it's been going on around social media this past weekend of this very dramatic video of a tesla driving down the street in la and getting skyborne and then running into you haven't seen this sky no Oh my gosh, where what have is- you been? So there's a Tesla that is speeding down the street. They're trying to do, it's a street in LA. They're trying to like fast and furious, like fly through the air, but they end up coming down nose first and then crashing into a couple cars and trash cans. From the first angle that was released, it looked like this was just someone being dumb And then the next angle that released, it was a ton of people being dumb because there were about 15 guys standing outside with cameras. They were doing this on purpose. And I'm I'm sure if you think about it, you know who this was. Wait, like a specific person or Mm -hmm. a kind of person? No, you know who this is. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I, (laughs) as a society, how have we not evolved past the need for this? It's one of the people in his crew. I don't feel like digging through it, but it's essentially and now they're trying to play dumb and act like it wasn't him. But the first videos that came out, it was someone. And also the Tesla was rented. (laughs) Of course it is. There were a ton of videos on TikTok. They've all been taken down now at this point because I think they've realized how serious it is. Oh, my God. The first videos were saying it was and now like all the police are trying to offer a reward. And we're like, the information is out there. What are you talking about? So, yeah, because it looks like the driver in question was him. And then he's seeming allegedly invited a group of people. There's even a video of another Tesla on the side street recording what's happening. So there were videos of him on TikTok bragging about it. And now his account's completely gone. (sighs) Yeah. The police are like, he's lucky he didn't even kill himself. Because that was... It's scary. It's like that long street in Echo Park that's really steep. I was just about to ask. Yeah. It was a 32% grade, the hill. Damn. All of this is alleged. I can't believe I fucking missed this. This is what I miss from like morning losing out on the house. Yeah. But like, I love when you get to deliver me like piping hot tea. Yeah. Because it's nobody you hate more. Okay. So my Rachel of the week is who I refer to as TikTok adoption lady. (laughs) But her actual username is chronically Brianne. And so she is someone who came across my For You page a couple of months ago. I have watched a bunch of adoption and birth mother like advocacy, like TikToks of people who are like talking about like the the ethics of private adoptions or the unethical... (laughs) of private adoptions and just like how things go about work. And it really reminds me of this is maybe this is a very poor comparison, but just from my understanding of this is kind of really fucking similar to the cold knocking on your door, asking to sell your house, that there's this whole aspect of people wanting to literally private adoptions are buying babies, want to literally buy babies and they join expecting they join like local pregnancy mom future mom groups and they cold message people on Facebook and ask them and they like specifically seek out people who are young or who have like posted they're dealing with like mental health issues or like financial issues like talking about budgeting in regards to all this stuff and like finding who they deem is susceptible that they can swoop in and do that and like also a lot of these birth mothers talked about how People would cold call them and they were like, don't know if their hospital sold their info or something, but people would knock on their doors, leave letters and like just essentially pressure you into making you think that you are not fit to be a parent and like raise a baby that like you it is the morally right thing to give that child to someone else or to let someone else buy that kid. So. This woman, Chronically Brand, she made this TikTok that went like decently viral where she talked about how she was victim to an adoption scam. And this is a very hot take, but I think if you are trying to buy someone's baby and you get scammed, that's on you. Yep. Like, I just, I'm sorry, I do not feel bad for you. I don't. Like, I think, like, infertility trauma is very real. Infertility trauma has absolutely nothing to do with other people's babies and adoption. Mm -hmm. Like, at fucking all. It's gross. Like, you're literally soliciting to buy a fucking human. How is that not illegal? Because the fucking private adoption, like, world is so, so profitable. Like, they make so much fucking money. And it's fucked. And people also think that when they think about, like, the horrors of adoption, they think of it in other countries where they're like, yeah, you find out that, like, people in other countries, they're like, they're you're adopting their babies. And, like, those parents, like, they wanted those kids. And I'm like, yeah, that happens here, too. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a universal, there's a universal thing when you make humans for profit. So she, like, did this whole saga, and the whole thing is, like, riddled with her being, like, the 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 woman scammed her out of, like, money, and she, like, wasn't pregnant, had already had a baby, had no intention of ever giving her this baby. And this woman really thinks that she deserved this baby and, like, talks about, like, she mourned a loss of all of this. And so she has then just kind of become an influencer for trying to have— trying to get a baby. And there's other people that agree with her on this? Yeah. 
infertility trauma is like, from what I've seen for the things that these people say, like we talk about postpartum depression. We talk all that shit. Like we need to talk about infertility trauma because like the shit that these people say is like something I cannot fathom that anyone would ever naturally feel just waking up one day. And that like their audience is completely divided between everyone, like 90% of people being like, what the fuck? And then this small percentage of people who completely agree. And there are all these people who have suffered infertility. And like, I imagine that it really, there's not that much, not many resources with it. And like, because the private adoption industry really markets uh, adoption as a solution to infertility, not a solution to children not having guardians. You know what I mean? Like th- mm-hmm. they, they market it in that way. And so I think that there's just not a lot of access and help, which doesn't excuse any of it. But like, that's the only way I can wrap my head around how people say these things. So she commented on someone's video. I don't, it, it's some money, honey. I don't know what their entire, what their account is really about, but she commented on their video on TikTok and said, I was told to contact you to get information about fostering and adopting Ukrainian children. My husband and I would love to. So she is now seeking out, trying to adopt a kid out of a war-torn country mm-hmm. and is defending it as in that's the one thing that she can do to help is to take a child. Like statistically, if you are, if you're fostering a, over overseas to a completely different country, especially in war-torn times, like yeah, paperwork can get lost, shit can happen, and that kid's never going back to their birth family. And it's not your responsibility as someone. You can do so much other fucking shit. You can send money so someone there, someone in Ukraine or someone in a very nearby, a family member can then have the money to foster foster that child. Mm -hmm. And so, and only weeks before, someone commented and saying, like, if you want to, like, ethically don't go through the private adoption system, if you're looking just to help children and you're not looking to like adopt a child, like if you really just want to help these kids, you should just foster. And before everything that happened in Ukraine, she was like, oh, we're not fit to foster. Like we don't want to foster. We're not in the place. But now that there's a war in Ukraine, she's fit to foster, quote unquote, foster. And so someone, so this was on Reddit. So someone said, and this is alleged because there's no screenshots. Mm-hmm. Allegedly, I was watching her live when a fan commented that she should consider adopting from Ukraine because it's quote unquote quick and cheap. She literally became giddy since then and has been 100%. And she specified baby, allegedly, she specified baby slash toddler. That's gross. Yeah. And so then the, I think there's also another one that backed out, but like this is another one for allegedly what this person has said on TikTok, uh, on uh, Reddit. They said, I'm in contact with the birth mom. It seems like she was in a bad situation, is clearly financially distressed. She basically confirmed that Brienne was pressuring her to give her baby and continues to block her when the birth mom pulls back and asks for more time, then unblocks her again. She's ultimately worried about Brienne withholding contact updates from her son despite being promised an open adoption. And allegedly, she's also, the birth mom was in an abusive situation. Allegedly, the TikTok was like, well, if you don't want to be in the situation, just leave with like the eye roll emoji. Again, allegedly. And she is now, I guess, has a friend who's pregnant who she's trying to adopt that baby. But her whole thing is that private adoption, like going through an agency is too expensive. Mm -hmm. And so she's trying to bypass agencies and buy a baby for Mm -hmm. cheap. And it's just like, it's scary. And I have to believe that like that is, I think it's a combination of white saviorism and like, I mean, two very <laughs> like that, that's a terminal thing if you don't fucking address it and like a, a natural innate thing that we have, but like white saviorism paired with infertility trauma, because I can't imagine saying any of the shit. Yeah. Like, and I, and I really fucking hope that people aren't born thinking these kinds of like, obviously don't hope she's coming from a place of desperation, but like humanity-wise, I can't fathom this being a viewpoint that you you come to without, like, just naturally. Yeah. I say the word unhinged all the time, but, like, it truly is one of those things that I'm like, I just can't connect mm-hmm. how this is, like, a train of thought that you have and then you also share with the world. Yeah. If she's got money for this, she has money to go to therapy, so... Yes. Like, infertility trauma, again... I mean this in the kindest way possible, but like that you can't make that other people's problem. 
mm-hmm. especially when it comes to like new and expecting mothers and then babies, like in other human lives. Like that's that's not a solution to any of that. But then also like she's not able to go through an agency because you can't have all this public shit online mm-hmm. about like you can't do that. And so like if she does get a kid, a baby, we all know how. Yep. Ugh. Gives me the like spooky ooky. Yeah. All right. Well, that is it for our episode. We hope you all enjoy. If you want to send us a submission, send it on over. But am I wrong? Pod at gmail.com. And if you want to vote, head on over to our Instagram. And again, read through all of them. Vote who is the villain. And what should they comment on the last Instagram post? Should you have bridesmaids? Great. Great. Mm-hmm. Bridesmaids? Yes or no? Because I kind of feel like it's a very hot take of me, mine, but I, I think I'm right. As I do with most of my hot takes. <laughs> okay. All right. We will circle back. Goodbye. Goodbye. But Am I Wrong is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa DeMonts, plus Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production by Coco Lorenz. And production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.